Poppet of the People is brought to you by MTG Madness. You can visit them online at mtgmadness.com. This is Popper to the People. I am Nate. With me is Chris. Hello. And uh, our guest this week is Shane Kellner, a friend of mine. Hi. Peter will not be on this week. He has some family stuff to deal with, so he's busy. And we were supposed to have Grant on this week, but Grant was busy too, so we will just uh, reserve the last bit of the show for when we can get Grant on, because it sounds better when Grant says it. So there will be a Heroes of the Web this week, unfortunately, but we got lots of other stuff to talk about. Thanks for filling in the gap, Shane. Yeah, thanks for filling in. To start off, let's just go to Shane here to let, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I get that, Nate. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's okay mess with Nate as much as possible. He has to edit it. <laughs> Shut up, Chris. <laughs> Does he still have to put in all the bleeps for our swear? No. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, just uh, tell us about yourself, Shane. <laughs> oh, I'm Magic for as long as I remember. Paper, and I got a small online account. And I got this really annoying extort deck you keep talking about. It's yeah. really fun to play. F your extort deck. Fun! <laughs> it's not fun. It's fun for you. It's yeah. fun for anybody else. Even if you win, it's not fun. Yeah. Shane is uh, one of my very good friends, and uh, we hang out quite a bit. Uh, almost every Saturday for ADH. That and Popper and everything else. So th- thanks for coming on and helping us out this week. What do we got in news? How was everybody's week? Cool. Super busy. Yeah, what do you do, Chris? Uh, just been busy all week uh, hashing out the personal life. The government shutdown sort of affected me, so I had to start. I had to rebudget, make sure you know, in case I don't get paid. Yeah. So yeah, I've been working <laughs> on a budget and stuff all week. So. Yeah, well, they saved the military. I think they saved most military spending. Yeah, so yeah, fine. yeah. They did, but that's uh, that's no guarantee anymore. You know, it, yeah. used, to be, it used to be that uh, my paycheck was like, oh, I'll always get my paycheck. But there's one thing that this threat of the government shutdown has told me is like, you know, that's not so certain anymore. Yeah, I'm gonna get paid. So <laughs> I got in a big long. My grandma wanted to call and talk politics with me the this week and this last week and. We got in a big, she, she wanted to talk about it, and I'm like, you really don't want to get into this subject matter with me, because I'm, you're not going to like my response. <laughs> so so I, I went at it with her, and I'm just not even going to go into it, because I'm just going to get reworked up, so. <laughs> what do you do? Not a whole lot. I ended up having to drive my dad around everywhere today. Why? Oh, he went into work. He had his on his way into work. His van started acting funny, so he decided to take the day off, and he had wanted a bunch of stuff to do. So, oh, he around all day. You got to be dad's chauffeur, huh? Yeah. <laughs> then to top it all off, I'm getting stuff off eBay. I just want to get one thing. What? Well, you know, I'm into Warhammer. Yeah. Me. I go online to buy, just try to get one, one model for me. But I'm used to all these guys coming in at last second snipers. Yeah. Which are really freaking annoying. Oh. 
so what I had done was this guy was selling three of them. I put bids in for all three, thinking somebody's going to come in and try to grab one. Yeah. This was three hours ago. Yeah. I, I got all three of them. Nice. <laughs> but not nice, because now you got to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, and I, yeah, I'm kind of on a budget. <laughs> so, today's turned out quite interesting for me. So. <laughs> Uh, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what have I been up to? Uh, just uh, normal stuff. We had EDH this last Saturday and drafted on Friday and pulled another, got my money back and pulled into yet another Thought Seize two weeks in a row. So I'm not complaining about that because I need a play set of them for modern. Uh, it was my birthday this last week and uh, took the day off. And went to my my son's school and had lunch with him dur- during his lunch period and stuff like that and hung out and did the magic card thing at the school that were that the community ed program and then uh, came home and had dinner and my family got me a soda stream that I've been wanting wanting for a very long time so so that was pretty much my week I was pretty excited oh I've also been uh, being that our last week's episode got messed up. I had a chance to uh, go do work with the brew of the month. I use uh, I, I tried out some of the, some of the ideas you were trying you were trying out, Chris, and uh, yeah, we'll go into that on topic two, but it got interesting. Yeah, did you do the the flicker and chittering rats thing? Yeah, I tried it. it it's interesting, um, but other than That's really mean, yeah, <laughs> we'll go into that once we get to topic two. But uh, yeah, but basically, that's all I really did this week, and. Uh, I'm um, just, just pretty much uh, getting excited about Commander because uh, I have uh, all five of the Commander decks on reserve, and so when it comes out, I'll be getting all five of them right away. All right, nothing much, just the normal donation and all that. We got a lot to talk about this week. We have some interesting articles here, news. I don't, I'm not sure where the got the popper gauntlet stands right now, but the bet that I had with Chris, uh, if people haven't you know figured that out yet, I lost. Tell Rafine got knocked out of the gauntlet by Green Stompy. And I have collected my tickets from Nate. And yes, we did that last week. I'm also going to have to collect my tickets from Peter because Stompy got knocked out. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> by who? Delver, actually, I think. Delver? <laughs> That's <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> so, oh well. Uh, I, it's still one of my favorite decks. I, I enjoy playing it, and I am happy to still see it showing up on dailies. People are still foreloing with it and using it, so... Yeah, it's cool. I really, I really thought right. that deck was going to just lose everything when Black came back into the metagame, but yeah. it seems to keep posting showings. It, the thing is, it can, it, it, <sighs> you're not going to draw the God Hand all the time, but if you could, if you learn to play around stuff, the deck can adapt to a lot of different things, and you can still go off and win. So, I mean, yeah, like I said, not every matchup is perfect with that deck, and you're gambling a little bit, but, I mean, for the most part, once you realize that... All you gotta do is play around certain cards. You can actually do something with the deck and make it go off. It, it's just, it's just not guaranteed. Turn, turn four, turn three, gonna win. You have to actually be a little bit more choosy about when you want to go off and be a little bit more cautious. So it all comes down to the timing, really. So it's pretty it's, cool. It's yeah. secretly the deck I hate most in Popper. 
<laughs> secretly, I don't think it's a secret not, anymore. Not so secret anymore, but uh, <laughs> I refuse. I refuse to play a deck that doesn't just absolutely crush that deck because I hate it so much. Yeah. So uh, I'm always playing like a Delver deck or a black deck with eight Edict effects main deck, or you know something something that will generally just hate the crap out of that deck because you know I hate the crap out of that deck. The the reason why I think it's actually putting numbers up because I think a lot of your Storm players, being they can't play Storm, I think they're actually trying this out. I think that was their next best thing, being that they can't play Storm. I think this is what they're trying now. So I think that's why we're seeing numbers. I don't know. You know? Like I'm looking at some of these names on Delverfiend, and I'm not seeing yeah. any big Storm players that are but, posting uh, these Delverfiend results. But no, it's I'm happy to see. I'm I'm I mean. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not happy it lost in the gauntlet, but uh, I have I have my reservations on why it, why it lost in the gauntlet. So I'm just not going to go into it. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm it's it's still seeing numbers in the dailies, and that's that's what I'm really happy about. But uh, basically, what we got here, good reads is what the section is. What I'm calling this section, just articles from MTGO and stuff. Uh, we got an article by Phil Stanton. It's called Five Decks to Look For in the Theros Draft, and it just goes into Certain big cards. Uh, they, there's a link there. Um, it just goes into certain cards to look for. He he really goes into the the meta game of drafting and stuff like that, and the cards to look for that are actually pretty big, pretty big in Theros that really enable a lot of the the drafting. Because if you haven't drafted Theros yet, and I'm probably sure at this point some have. Um, the draft in Theros is really interesting this time around. It's not so. It's not so much. It's not so much. Uh, um, you know, I'm, I, I can play this color but still get other color abilities like like Return Ravnica kind of was. This one is more. If you're playing green, you're gonna get green abilities. If you're playing black, you're getting black abilities. I mean, they really went back to the core colors and what the colors do, and that's where they're staying. So it it really makes the drafting interesting. Um, it's it's actually pretty fun to draft. I'm enjoying it just for the challenge of drafting it. So, but uh, yeah, we got that article, and then we have an article by JPS JPH Snake. It's called "Dwelling on the Past." It's uh, using the history to influence the future. I mean, this is a guy that uh, he basically is challenging himself to make popper decks with. The old cards, stepping away from the old cards and uh, or stepping away from the newer newer cards and thinking outside the box and using old cards. And uh, he has a the card he's using from the Masters Edition block is Hunting Cheetah. It's uh, and he he's built a deck around it and it's kind of an interesting deck. Um, the article's there if you want to check it out. But yeah, it's it's a pretty interesting deck. I haven't had a chance to try this deck. I really want to try it out because it looks interesting. I mean, just, it's, the deck's called Awkward Cheetah. It's, or interesting way to play the, play a deck. <laughs> it's the best way I can possibly put it. But, uh, it, it's just something, something, something interesting, something new. Why not try it out? And that's, that's what I like to do. Well, I like doing that. I like taking to a certain deck list and trying them out just for the sake of doing it, so. And then, uh, what else we got here? We got an article by Dan. It's called MTGO Finance. Uh, the good bots that spread and spreading <coughs> risks. Uh, in the article, he goes into, he really goes into, like, trying to make 100% of your money back with, uh, all the cards you buy online. And stuff like that. And he just going, going over, uh, really gets it into a lot of percentages and numbers and 
uh, a lot of different things. It's a pretty interesting article. It's 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 something that when I when I read it, it took me a while to actually get through because it's a lot of information for a short article. It puts out a lot of information in a in a small this pretty small article. So pretty cool. You know, you have an article by Making Smart Plays, or otherwise known as MSP. It's another finance article, which but he's talking about the card prices for the metagame post post ban. As in fissure and uh, post, the fissure and the posts are gone. So what's left and what what would be good cards to buy right off the bat before they go up in price because of the metagame shifting? In this article, he notes he notes uh, what kind of card? What cards did he note in this article? It's been I know we went through it the last week, but in this article, he notes Grim Harvest, Rancor, Gitaxium Probe, Spider Silk Armor, Innocent Blood. Just normal cards that before the met, before the post ban were played, but were look were a little bit lower and stuff like that, and weren't being played as much. To, to now, they're gonna be played more because the meta is shifting to the point that they are playable again. So, just it's, another good article. I'm just kind of surprised that Future Leech is down here at eight cents. Cards <laughs> good. Yeah, uh, it's also two colors. Yeah, it's also two colors. It's only in your uh, your tortured existence decks and Golgari. As much as I want it to be a good co- good color set, just doesn't perform without help. Well, I've been play- I've been toying with a black green tortured existence deck, and I don't run pure- I don't run putrid leech in them. And it, like typically yeah. with tortured existence decks, you want creatures that either enter the battlefield or are recurring, or enter- yeah. enters or leave the battlefield effects, or recurring effects like dredge. Yeah, but. I don't know, it's just, uh, again, another article. I like to put these articles out there. I like our listeners reading them, especially with, uh, basically want to promote uh, MTGO Strat a little bit, being that they do they do uh, take the time to host our, or, you know, give us a hosting spot for our podcast. So might as well give them a little bit of shout-out. This is an archived article, and I think that, yeah, um, Shane got a chance to try this out. I did, too. Uh, Chris, you probably didn't, but uh, it's a, it's something that we've been put tossing around in our in our our group of friends. Uh, it's an article. It's an article in the archives at, at Star City Games by Dan Barrett. It's called "Getting It Done in 15." It's a 15 card Highlander format that basically you're playing the same game of Magic with a 15 card deck, and the there's lots of restrictions on it, and uh, that you can't lose to mill. But uh, how did how did you how did you like it, Shane? I thought it was fun. You can do a whole lot with it, but you just gotta make sure that when you're playing it, you know what your people you're gonna be playing with are capable of doing. <laughs> kind of building your deck around it. It's it's just a little side thing that's a lot of fun to do. I mean, it's I can see this being really fun at F and M's or something like that, like between rounds if you need something to do. Like, you could get a group of friends together and have, like... And this 15-card this Highlander applies to any format. So there's, like, you could apply it to Legacy. You could even apply it to Popper at that point. But uh, just, uh... You could, you could even apply it to Standard and just you have something to do in between rounds when you're waiting for your next game. You know, just something to keep playing. Because, you know, I've, I've been... I've, I've gone to F&M the last few weeks. And between rounds, people are more and more inclined if they're not a smoker... Just got to sit there while the people take their smoke breaks or whatever. But if for the person just sitting there, you know, this is a nice little thing you can do in the middle. Just sit down and play a game quick. And it doesn't take much time and you're ready for next round. 
But yeah, interesting article. But uh, with all that said, uh, Chris, what you been playing this week? Oh, uh, this week I've been toying with a lot of really grindy decks. Uh, working on the <laughs> Brew of the Month, uh, the yeah. new control. Uh, testing with that a lot. Testing with uh, Black Green Torch Existence featuring Commune with the Gods. My theory is that Torch Existence is an awesome deck as long as you have Torch Existence. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have Torch Existence, the deck sucks. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been toying with Commune with the Gods, Black Green torture existence mm. haven't made it work yet it's still really inconsistent so yeah um and then i had i played against a guy on magic online and he was playing like an orzov uh kitty like right the glenhawk idols and stuff yeah. uh well he wasn't playing glenhawk idols he was just playing an orzov mid-range deck and he was like hey can you look at my deck and i said yeah sure so i checked it out and you can find that on let's see here on uh, mtg salvation yeah. developing list it's the Orzov control thread and I gave my input because he wasn't running Glenhawk and Core Skyfisher package and that's where I really yeah. that he failed <clears throat> so I modified it I've been testing with that a lot and oh. it's really sweet uh, I, I could actually take it to a daily I don't know if I'd play really? it I think I could take it oh. to a daily just do it yeah like I mean it's the mana is still really what's killing it so yeah, well, that's it's the it's the it's more of the common thing you have with every dual colored deck once you start adding colors. I mean, but it's really cool because you use the um, the elsewhere flask, right? It's a cantripping artifact for two mana. Yeah, but then you can sack it and make all your stuff swamps. Yeah, which is what I what I do with the Orzov deck, and then I have like mm-hmm. crypt rats, so all my lands become swamps. And I can crypt rat them, <laughs> you know, or you know, in my my iteration, I put corrupts in. You barely ever miss land drops with that de- that deck. Yeah. With the kitty decks, so you know if you go to turn ten or so, you're going to corrupt your opponent for ten. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, cool. Pretty consistently. <laughs> that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'll put a, I'll put a link to that thread here on cool. uh, the show notes. Yeah, just add it right under the yeah, what the what you've been playing thing we have there. What do you what have you been playing there, uh, Shane? Well, for the last week, just a little EDH. That's about it. Yeah. I actually, last popper tournament I did, I actually tried my control burn affinity deck. How'd that work? Because I was kind of wondering how you were deba- how you were g- getting on that deck, developing it. When it worked, it was awesome. <laughs> when it didn't work, <laughs> what, I got to change a few things. What problems did you run into? Well, first off, card choices. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just run out of... I just kept drawing blanks most of the time and I thought of, you know that metal craft creature that 4-4 uh, four, four for 6 when it gets metal craft it gets plus 2, plus 2 oh yeah, I know, it's an artifact it's an artifact creature, isn't it? yeah, oh I, I know which one you're talking I, about yeah, him that card would be really good then I sat down and thought about it afterwards and realizing that if I don't have Metalcraft, I'm paying six mana for four four. Yeah. Oh, but it's a, it's it's, it's what what block was that in? That was it's from the, the scars block. Yeah, the scars block. It was the common uh, crab thing. It was like a construct, right? The thing was like a razor field rhino or something. Oh yeah, razor field rhino. Yeah, that guy. He yeah. I, he was. I remember that card back when uh, back when he used to draft it. He was a beast in draft. He yeah. could just in if you if when you were drafting Scars of Mirrodin, he could just wreck the just completely ruin your game. 
I mean, you you could just pull wins off with that guy in limited. He was ridiculous. Oh. Oh yeah, I had my first taste of why the high tides deck really sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the high tide deck is ridiculous. It's because uh, what you can pull off with it. Yeah. Who was playing that? I don't. What have I been playing? Uh, basically, I've been testing the brew. I've been playing EDH and messing around with the Mono Black Rats deck, playing around with Belts' Mono Black Rats deck because I have some theories with the new Theros cards that have come out. So, kind of waiting for those to drop, which they did today. So, I got all my play sets of the new Theros cards online already. Uh, basically, where I am with the Brew of the Month was interesting. Uh, I'll talk more about that when we actually get to that part of the show. I don't want to really talk if we get too much into that and jump ahead on our show notes or anything like that, so I'll just wait for... But uh, it got interesting. Uh, the only spoiler I'm going to give you is uh, I-, I made someone rage quit. <laughs> I made somebody rage quit bad. Say, speaking of rage quit... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Last week, last week when we recorded it, I was doing the part. The week prior, I was playing elves. Yeah, and I had this guy in a daily event named uh, Lord underscore Airy calling him out right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, uh, calling him out again. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I was playing elves, and I got a really slow draw, and I've got a little screenshot up here. Yeah, and the links in the show notes, and you know he comments here on my turn four that uh, random luck sack, and then he call- then he comments, bull blank lucker F you. Presumably the uh, <laughs> bull blank <laughs> was edited out by MTGO. <laughs> so this guy didn't like the elves, and this was while Fissure was still a thing. He was playing Simic Storm. Oh. Yeah, I, ma- I made him rage out. This was like round three or something, I don't remember. But he did I made him rage. Yeah, he, apparently he thought his uh, Simic deck was just completely perfect and it was always going to win, and when it doesn't go, when it... And in those experiences, you know how it goes. And you got someone that has a high, a high, uh, high opinion of the deck that they're playing. They just can't accept when it loses. <laughs> so yeah, and he uh, like I I beat him in game one too. Like he fissured me, and but he's playing Simic, so he doesn't. It's not it's not like a lock when the Simic Storm fissures you. Uh, it's just like a temporary setback. And with mm-hmm. elves, you can recover so fast that it doesn't matter from a temporary fissure. And he, game two, he got me because he had the mnemonic wall flicker lock or mnemonic wall fissure lock <laughs> on me but then yeah. game three game three was where this guy commented on bull blank luck or f you yeah <laughs> yeah so it's funny. yes it's always fun you only see it on mtgo because because that's the only place they can get away with it because although it is funny when you do see it happen at a at, at a card shop i have actually witnessed that it's, it's quite it's quite entertaining <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's all good stuff. Uh, on to topic one. Uh, topic one was changed from last week because I figured we covered it in the good reads up there. So we had something happen this weekend, uh, and I, that's another reason why I wanted to ask Shane on is because Shane was actually responsible for this part of the, what we're talking about now. Well, with uh, my birthday celebration thing, doesn't happen until the twentieth. We're drafting the popper to the people cube. And uh, we actually went through and added the Theros cards. And I normally have Peter, Brandon, and Patrick help me do the cube. Well, this time around, they've helped me so much, and I'm thankful that they have because it's a lot to you know decide what to take out, what to add. I wanted to get a different perspective from different people on this cube update. I wanted to change it up and have 
someone else besides the normal four of us, the me, Peter, Brandon, and Patrick, I want to have someone else look at the cube from a, a, the seat, just kind of see where everybody's where everybody's head was at, with, and get a different point of view with my cube. So I had uh, my friend, I had happened to have uh, my friend Spencer Schill. Shane, uh, Derek Fenske, and my friend Jamie Card all over. And I'm like, well, hey, we have some time. We're just kind of hanging out here. Um, Let's go through and make the cube changes, like, right now. So we actually went through and did that. And uh, I was actually relatively pleased with uh, the outcome of it and everything. For those of you that might, I know Houston already got it because I sent it to him. <coughs> but uh, for those that might use, have built the cube, because Houston built, built the Popper of the People cube at, in paper. I'm not going to update it on uh, on Tapped Out anymore. I found a website called Cube Tutor. It's a really, really cool site that is just dedicated to cube play. And uh, it it's a it's a user it's a really awesome user friendly interface that allows you to make deck changes and edit edit your deck. Uh, do te- do like uh, actual online drafts and everything all in one spot. They have a whole visual spoiler like you you set your cube up. They have a visual spoiler tab. You can actually see every single card, and they're all lined up in Wooburg order, and they give analysis, sample packs, everything you can think of under the sun, including if you want to make changes to your cube, you can input whatever card you want to take out, and there is a suggest changes button on the website. And it will actually go through and instantly match the card you want to take out with possible replacements that are really good. I mean, it's a really, really cool site. Um, but we did make some Theros changes, and it's kind of why I, I, I wanted to see if, Sean, if Shane wanted to come on and kind of go through it with me on this. And, Chris, you're welcome to come. Well, obviously, I uh, wouldn't mind hearing some input from you. No idea about cube. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I've never cubed ever. Oh, it's fun. You, I think you'd like, like it. Ever, ever. I like think not, not the MTGO cube, not any cube. Yeah, I think you'd like it's a lot different way of drafting. And uh, with some options coming up, I'm gonna let her. I'm, I'm gonna give a little spoiler right now. In the next <clears throat> next months, after I get some money together, I am taking the extra. I am taking the uh, taking the move and adding adding getting a second MTGO account, and it will be a cube account. And we are gonna leave that open up to the to our listeners. And after I figure out how we're going to go about doing that, and we are going to actually have an online cube thing for our listeners. It's something I have, It's something that Maddie has brought up and Mikey K has brought up, and it's always been, we've always, in, in a sense, if you want to call it that, thrown it around the office. But I'm actually going to make it happen after uh, my financial state, my financials stabilize here, which will be soon, and we're going to do it. I'm just going to make a cube account, and uh, listeners will be able to actually cube the draft or actually cube the or the community cube. Obviously, we're going to have to go through a little bit of different stuff, uh, having to make sure that cards get put back and all that. But honestly, and I've said this in the past, and a lot of viewers know that I I, I have a good I, I have a good feeling and trust a lot of the people that listen to our show. Our community is pretty strong, and everyone's pretty trustworthy. I think at this point, and depending on what happens on some of the cards, I mean, something happens and we don't get it back. I don't get it back. I mean, it's it's not the it's it, they're commons. They're pretty cheap, so I'm not too worried about that. But 
It's if I have to, I have to. But uh, it's something I want to. This, this is something I've I've been wanting to <clears throat> offer the rest of our viewers, our listeners, a long time because I think it's good. It's something different than playing the normal popper for it matches all the time. And uh, Shane has been able to benefit from drafting the cube quite a few times. And what do you think of the cube, Shane? It's fun. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little different, but we're gonna go right into it here. We'll start with uh, what we added first before we just we go over what we're taking out. Basically, what we what we went through we went to the Theros block, and I think we all agreed that Lightning Strike was just a really good card. It's it's basically a Searing Spear, and uh, but it's 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 well value. It's for two mana. You're getting three damage to future player. Not it's, I mean, it's a pretty decent card. So that's one of them. And then we've got uh, God's Willing. It's the uh, one-drop uh, instant that a target creature gains protection from a color of your choice till end of turn, and it's a Scry 1 ability. I, I think all of us, didn't we all view this card as, didn't we all view this card, Shane, as uh, just Scry being a really, really powerful powerful mechanic? Yeah. To be able to have that ability. But yeah, so... And then, of course, this is, a, it is, I'm sure this isn't a shocker to anyone, Omen the Speaker made the cube. I mean, really do I have to explain why this card's good? <laughs> uh, two drop, uh, Omen the Speaker, or two drop, Scry 3, when it comes into play, and it's a, it's a one, it's, I almost, I almost want to go out on a limb and call this a better, I almost want to call this a, a, a better Sea Oracle. What do you think, Chris? Uh, Seagull Seagull Collection replaces itself. This guy just fixes your cards, sort your selection a little bit, your next draw steps a little bit. Yeah, Seagull replaces itself. So yeah, uh, I but mean, also cost one. The reason why I like this one better is just because I guess in my in my in the past in my experience with the Seagate Oracle, I've always had the had the unfortunate of I, I play it on turn three, <clears throat> and. Both cards that are on top of my library, I don't want to get rid of. And you have to choose one and get rid of the other one. So that's the one thing I don't like about it. But uh, just the and the fact that this comes out one cheaper, just for two, it's a two-drop instead. And if I do, if I scry two, yeah, I'm not drawing a card. But I look at the top two and I want to keep both of them, I can. I don't have to get rid of one of them. You know what I mean? So I kind of... It's kind of why I like it better. I just like that theory. It's like, hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a body, get a free card out of it. Oh no, I have to pitch one of the good cards to the bottom. <laughs> that stinks. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing I don't like about it. I mean, I've I've played my modern, I have my modern deck, and I I don't have the I don't have them in there. But the the was isn't it isn't Seagate Oracle just uh, the the what card is it uh, the sorcery the sorcery uh, um. Sleight of hand. I think that's what the card. That's what Seagate Oracle utilizes as a sleight of hand. Yep. Um, I, I guess in modern, the reason why I, I equate it to that is either that is what that is. Uh, I mean, sleight of hand. I play uh, Grick for in modern. I play Grick's twin. I use the. I utilize the twin combo, splinter twin combo to win. And there's many times that I have. I'm sitting. Here, I'll play the sleight of hand, and I'm sitting near both cards. Both of my need, <laughs> so I have to pitch one of them and I have to go kind of search and draw to get the other one back. And I guess I really that just uh, just that that just kind of hurts. But uh, no, I like the fact that it's a two drop one three body. It's it's a little bit more, a little bit more meat on the bones to as a blocker. But it's a pretty decent card. And then we've got and we had. <laughs> 
Grey Merchant of As Asphodel. Um, there was lots of uh, debate over this card, wasn't there, Shane? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, half of us liked it, or just, I think it was like two of us really liked it, and then, Shane, you, you were against it, weren't you? No, I liked it. I you liked it. I was against it. Yeah, you and Derek liked it, but Spencer and Jamie weren't too completely solid on that, and I kind of was on the fence the whole time when everyone was debating it. I was just kind of like, eh. So I kind of, I kind of decided to uh, just, uh, just kind of cave in on it and give uh, Derek and Shane the benefit of the doubt and like at least try it out and see what happens. It is one of the cards in the common block here for Theros. I actually think is pretty decent and constructed. I don't know how well it's gonna fail, fail, fail in the cube, but yeah, we'll see what happens. As well as in the cube as it has in uh, draft, then it'll fare really well. Yeah. There's block draft, there's like an entire deck built around this guy. Oh, yeah. I I know that. I've seen it and played against it. It sucks. But I don't know. I just kind of... I don't know. Read the Bones is the next card. Obviously, we all know what this one does. We really liked this one when we did the set review. The, uh... Basically, a uh, preordain and a sign-in blood all in one card, which uh, I think... I think in the the community as a whole uh, has already really grasped onto this card as, hey, let's try this out. And let's see where this is gonna fit, because it's actually pretty good, pretty good for a, th a three drop. Voyages end. I know Chris, uh, Chris you kind of like this one, didn't you? Yeah, I love this. Yeah, one. yeah. Return on a target creature to its owner's hand again. We're utiliz utilizing the scry ability. Just a pretty solid card. I think we all agreed this one needed to be put in. And the Nestian asked, "This is one of Peter's cards. This is the card that he really liked. Clearly on it." Clearly the biggest creature that you could possibly get in Popper. Actually knocks Ulamog's Crusher down <laughs> and survives. Pretty solid, solid uh, late game creature, I think. And in most terms, I mean, you're, I mean, you're late. And the thing is, uh, Shane's experienced this, but when you're drafting this cube, you're going to have late games. You're, there's no get. A lot of games don't end that quick. A lot of, you'll go into turn, turn 15 to 20. And uh, Neshen Asp is actually a really good finisher. I mean, who's going to answer an 8-9 reach creature? As a whole, like, this is a bomb. I mean, this de depending on how you play this out, this is a win con for you. I mean, it's just a big, fat body that's common. It's pretty sweet. Gideon's Law Keeper and... Well, yeah, you have removal stuff, but it's just a solid body. I think it's just a really good win con. I mean, I'd, I'm not going to lie if this... If, if I pulled this out of my first pack, it... There's a very good chance that I would probably pull this as, pa as pack one, pick one, just because of the fact that it's it's a bomb. I mean, it, it's 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 a decent bomb to win with. Then we got Freak's Cure, basically the just a, re a functional reprint of Soren. Soren. Uh, Soren's Thirst. Soren's Thirst, but uh, another really good card. Then we got Nimbus Nyad, another one of those cards that we kind of pegged out and really liked on the show. I think we all, we talked about it here. The 2-2 Flyer with Bestow gives a creature plus 2, plus 2 in flying. Yep. Enables you to not get 2 for 1. <laughs> so, it's kind of I liked it. Another card that was in high dispute, uh, Scholar of Aetheros. I think, Shane, you were, were you on the good side of this one? The white one that extorts, kind of? Kind of, yes. Yeah, yeah I, I really like this one. I want yeah. to play my extort deck. Yeah, I, I kind of like the card, too. I, I, I agree with Shane on this one. I really liked it because uh, Shane made a good point when we were actually going through all this. Um, he made the point that uh, when you're playing extort, 
and say you're playing spell after spell after spell, and you get a dead draw of a land, so you're not going to be able to extort that turn, this uh, Scholar Vathros really lets you scry without scrying, in other words. And if you really think of it, this late game, if you if you actually draft the extort deck in the cube, um, it does come into play and doesn't tap, so you can actually get away with paying playing this and extorting, and then utilizing your extra mana to do it multiple times, depending on how much money you got, and actually actually use her ability as soon as she hits the board and extort for more. And you can also do it on their turn. Yep, and you can do it on their turn too. So yeah, I've been playing the uh, that actually the. What is it? That that dude, the extort guy. I've mm-hmm. been playing him in my Orzov deck that I was t- yeah. that I was toying with, just as a singleton. And the guy does so much work against Delver. It's, it's he does. Against, yeah, it's insane against Delver. <laughs> I mean, any kind of life game is great against Delver, but he's a one-four body, which Delver can't deal with ever. Yeah. Uh, so he blocks ninjas all day long. You can just sit there and you're like, I don't care about your fairies <laughs> pinging me. Here, you can lose. You can lose one life. I'll just regain that fairy life. So. <laughs> yeah, the card is really, really good against uh, against Delver, and you know you can unearth him if they find a way to take care of him. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of cool. He's, that... only, he's only got a three yeah. cost, so you can unearth. Him. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for giving uh, thanks for giving Shane Ammo, by the way, Chris. That that's awesome. Now you know you just made just made it that much more painful to play against them. It's awesome. Oh, that's right. If you're playing your Delver Fiend, you'll just run over it. Yeah, I can beat Delver Fiend with it. Yeah, you can. I can survive an attack with it. Yeah. <laughs> So you better hope you have that edict, <laughs> otherwise you're dead. It was, pretty, yeah. it was fun the first time I played my extort deck versus Delver Fiend. He swung in and hit me for 20. I managed to extort once, so I was at 21, so I lived. Then next turn he proceeded to swing in for 40. Yeah, you can't really stop that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to the top of the list. Now we're going to go over the changes and why we did that. Uh, basically, what we got first card here was Lightning Strike. What did we take out? Um, we took out Barbed Lightning. Uh, I think we all agreed that Barbed Lightning just doesn't do enough. Like, compared to paying two mana and doing three damage to creature or player, Barbed Lightning is a card from Dark Steel. It's a two colorless, one red. Uh, you have to choose one. You deal three damage to target creature or deal three damage to target player, and you can entwine. So you, you can pay five and do both. But... With all the other burn cards we have in the cube, we figured that this was the least efficient one. I mean, it's it, we we kind of all agreed that this was just you know it's it's just not that efficient compared to to everything else that we had in the, we had in there. Because I mean, yeah, we had uh we had searing spear, we had I mean all them, and it's just it, it just seemed to accompany just better. But yeah, so I yeah I think you agreed to that on that one, didn't you, Shane? Yeah, strike was just so much better. It was cheaper, and you could just... And it pretty much allowed you to target either one, which yeah. is very nice, so... Yeah, so, I mean, that's kind of the reason I took it out. And I think in, the, in my uh, history of playing my playing the cube, I don't think I've ever seen anyone actually entwine that card. Have you? No. No, I've never seen anyone entwine Barb Lightning ever. It's just they play it for the three and choose one, the one, choose one or the other. So we figured it was a good replacement. Um, this one, uh, God's Willing, the replacement for God's Willing. This one was kind of hard because I know I had a problem. I think it was Derek that had a problem 
with this one. Uh, we talk about benevolent bodyguard for God's willing. Um, and that's kind of Spencer's idea at first. He thought uh, he'd rather pay one mana and give a creature protection uh, uh, protection from uh, color until end of turn and scry instead of paying the one mana body and sacking it because you're almost telegraphing to your opponent that you're going to protect one creature. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, I kind of agree, I kind of agreed with them on that, but I, I think uh, it was either Derek or or Derek or Jamie that didn't like that change. They thought that the God's Willing just wasn't good enough and Benevolent Bodyguard is better. But, uh... I can just see... Like, and I'm I'm all for... I, I'm not a huge fan of telegraphing moves anyway. I'm not a huge fan of any of those uh, enchantments that have a magic that are, you know, or whatever, you play this and destroy something. Because, I mean, your opponent sees it, they know what you're going to do. Yeah, I, I like... The of your opponent seeing it is they have to play around it, too. Yeah. It You really do feel stupid when you lose your contact. Yeah. So if you guys want to run God's Willing, why don't you just run Shelter? Well, I think Shelter was in there, and we ended up taking it out when we had to make other add-ons. Yeah, because like, Shelter is just better than God's Willing. Yeah. You, you get to actually draw a card for one more mana, but... You get yeah. you get to actually draw a card. Is that even in the cube? I didn't I didn't even look. If it's not, it should be. Let me look at the list. Uh the view the list. <clears throat> I really like this website. It was just so awesome. Um is Shelter even in here or did it get cut? No, Shelter was in here but it got taken out. Um that's that's uh, something I'll have to write down and we have to probably think of adding. Um <laughs> Well if you need one, I got one. Oh, I, there was one in the cube, so it's back. It's back in my box now. But yeah. that, that, that that's just you know later on down the road we can make those changes. I mean, we kind of wanted to see what Theros could offer and stuff. And uh, there's a few cards in here that still have placeholders that we can take out later. Um, but yeah, that's a good point, Chris. Thanks. Uh, um, Omen Speaker, what do you take out for Omen Speaker? I, I think somebody mentioned right off the bat Seagate Oracle, but I'm like, no. If, capsize? Huh? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned capsize. Yeah. <laughs> but you just you just notoriously hate that card too though, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So But yeah, but no we uh we capsize didn't leave the cube. It's too good of a card to take out. Yeah. Um what we did end up taking out though was Calcite Snapper because I can't remember the last time anyone has ever won with that card in the cube. <laughs> Um, um, it's it's just too. I mean, yeah, it's a one four yeah. body, or yeah, it's like a one four body or whatever that when you land. Um, then we had uh, yeah, that's so we basically took the yeah, landfall mechanic just doesn't work cube anymore, so we just took it out and we had an omen speaker for the control deck. Um, the next card was Gray Merchant of Asphodel. We took out Drifting Shade for it. Um, Wait, Drifting, Drifting yeah, we took Drifting Shade out. I thought we took out that really bad extort guy. Yeah, he we took him out for something else. Ah, Drifting Shade. Drifting Shade got taken out because it just wasn't really doing enough. It's a 1-1 one, one flyer for four, and it does have the ability of uh, a pay, tap one, plus one, plus one, to end of turn. But we figure we, uh, again, the debatable card, Ray Merchant of S, but all, it just seemed better. So we decided to give it a sh- they they oh, yeah the people that were really heart adamant about it figured it would be better so we're just gonna throw it in and see what ha- happens this one's on probation 
as far as I'm um, the next card we took out was uh Gravedigger. Um Gravedigger got taken out for Read the Bones. <clears throat> um there are lots of black reanimator spells in the deck. And we figured at, at first the at first it was Jamie who wanted to take out the cadaver imp and leave Gravedigger in because it was a two two. But I think me and Jane were in agreement that uh cadaver imp is just better because it comes up because Gravedigger the argument that that Jamie that we had was with Jamie. Jamie wanted to take Cadaver Imp out and me and Shane both agreed that Gravedigger was just purely worse than Cadaver Imp. I like Gravedigger more. Oh, okay. You like Gravedigger, but uh, no, we fa- we like Cadaverant better just because it's a it's a three drop one one flyer instead of a two two body that can't fly, and it does the same thing. Gravedigger and uh, Cadaverant really did the same thing. And read the bones just because it's a great draw spell. Um, but uh, what do we have here next? We got voyages, and um, we took out this was actually a hard one because there's lots of good bounce spells in the cube. Um, we ended up taking Into the Royal out for Voyage's End. Boo. Boo? Why? <laughs> I love Into the Royal. <laughs> um, it was... It, what, what, I mean, it was a hard one for us because, like, the other bounce spells were really good. I mean, we had, uh... We had, uh... Someone, someone wanted to take Boomerang out. Um, you should take out Boomerang. Boomerang's Why is Boomerang better though? It's target permanent. Yeah. You can bounce anything. You can bounce but, anything. But, but into the royal, you bounce a creature and you draw a card. Yeah, if you kick it. Is there a better combination of magic? I don't think there is. Well, yeah, if you kick it, but <laughs> if you don't have the four mana, you're just bouncing and not getting to draw. At least with. Not having four mana, you can journey. You can do journeys end and like scry and bounce. <clears throat> you still get the scry ability. I think you just uh, you should take out voyages end and put in repulse. I think it's already in here. Repulse is not in here. It's not in we here. Don't... Yeah, it is. No. Wait, is it yeah, really? Okay. All right. Well, then That's, repeal. Speaking of, you mentioned re- repulse. Other, there, uh, there was somebody else that wanted to take repulse, though, and I was against that. <laughs> no, repulse is awesome. Yeah, repulse is. Just I say, or you could you could take out voyages and put in repeal. Yeah, there you go. What with the X? Yeah, or you can take out boomerang and put in repeal. Isn't right? Because you're never bouncing. You're never bouncing a land with boomerang, are you? Yes. I mean, no. No. There, there aren't any lands no. in here that are worth bouncing. So, yeah, exactly. Well, there you go. That's another fix I can make in the in the, in the later on. But uh, if that that's the yeah, isn't isn't repulse just one blue mana too? Now repulse is uh, two and a blue. Two and a blue. Re- repeal repeal is uh, blue X. Blue X. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I, return. My yeah, I, I kind of like yeah. Repeal would be pretty decent just because it's one blue instead of two blue. So, yeah. There we go. Note taken. Um, listen, listen to me. I'm all like, I've never played cube before. You should put in this in your cube well, no, instead I, of that. I don't mind. I, I, I'm, I'm actually happy with your input. I'm, I, I want the cube to be better. And you know, I, I only get so many viewpoints of, if me and an certain amount of people are only looking at it. So, um, but yeah. So enter the royals out for voyage and um, 
And this one I know Peter is going to crucify me for because he is not going to be happy when he finds this out. I was kind of hoping he'd be on tonight so I could just get the yelling done now because he's going to yell at me when I announce this. But Nessun Corsair is kicked out of the cube. Um, that was my idea. And it was Shane's idea. So, uh, Peter, when you're listening to this, you can call Shane and you can complain to him about it because I fought really hard to keep your stupid Nash and Corsair in the cube, but Shane wouldn't let it happen. So, um, But we took Nash and Corsair up for Nash and Asp just because he's a bigger body and uh, the monstrosity makes him an 8-9, just the fact that he's a huge bomb. So, that's why we took him out, just because of that fact. He's a great bomb, um, compared to just getting a 3-drop a, a 3-3 drop three, three that had, that's it. It's just going to be a 3-3. Three, three. And when instead you can pay two more mana and have a creature that starts out as a 4, excuse me, starts out as a 4 or 5, but can become an 8-9. So, then this is where the bad extort dude comes into play, Shane. We took... We took out Syndicate and Forcer, the four drop, for Farika's Cure. Because I think we agreed that Farika's Cure was just better. Just yeah. a better card. Because the, the four drop extort is kind of late game, where you want, if you're playing the extort deck, you want the low drop extort guys in first. You don't want a four drop extorter. I too easily just not good. Yeah. Um, this kind of recame on that. Uh, then on to the Nimbus Nyad. Nimbus Nyad was added, and we took out Spectral Flight. And this was, I, what was the debate we had over this one? Because this one was a huge debate, too. S some of us wanted to keep Spectral Flight in, was it? Because I didn't, I, I, I like taking Spectral Flight out. I think, in my opinion, I thought taking Spectral Flight out for Nimbus Nyad was just purely better, because, like, Spectral Flight does come out for two, and it does what Nimbus Nyad does, but Spectral Flight's not coming back as a creature, so that's kind of where I was on it. I mean, you're getting two for one, but every creature you target with, if you're going against heavy removal, you're, you might as well just pay the two mana and drop the Spectral Flight in the graveyard, because they're going to kill whatever creature you put that on. Um, and Nimbus Nyad was just it, it It doesn't enable you to get two for one Because it comes back as a creature anyway So worst case scenario You're paying three extra mana And still getting a 2-2 uh, a flyer out of it So It's kind of where we're at on that I can't remember what the other card was That we wanted to take out I, I can't remember what it was um, But yeah That's where we were on that and then the last but not least, the Scholar of Aethros, the card that Chris likes. Uh, um, we took out Warclamp Mastiff. We just couldn't find anything in white to take out, because white needed every single card there. But I, this was, and I think I noticed this. Uh, Warclamp, Warc I, we have Warc Warclamp Mastiff, which is a one-drop, one-one first striker, and we had Tundra Wolf in the cube, which is a one-drop white, one-one first striker. So it's virtually the same card. Um, when deciding to take out Warclamp Mastiff, I simply said, well, Tundra Wolf's the original, let's get rid of the Warclamp. So we dropped the Warclamp and kept the Tundra just because for original flavor of the Tundra Wolf. And added Scholar of Aethros. But, uh... Sweet. Yeah. 
all in all, that's the cube changes we made. Um, I will post up a. You can go check out Cube Tutor. Um, I'm, I'm I'm asking that anyone that listens to this, if they have some time, go do a test draft on Cube Tutor. It's a matter of going on the draft tab on here, and you can actually draft the cube. I kind of like to see how see what see what kind of, and you can save the deck after you draft it. Just kind of build a deck, just do a draft against the bots, and kind of see what you draft, and update it, or uh, save it. Cause I kind of want to, because I kind of want to get your guy get your guys' input on this. I mean. So, like I said, the more people that look at this cube, the better it's just going to get. And especially with me putting it online. And, yes, I will try to make sure that it is the paper popper version. Is Hem to Turok even, on, even print, printed online? Uh, it is, but it's not printed it's as not a common. It is a common. Um, that is one thing. Not online, yeah, no. That is one thing I am going to be a little different on on this cube than when I put it online. I am going to put the list as is. So, if there's an uncommon that isn't considered common... Yeah, online, it will be in the cube so you can play it. Because uh, I, I, for the for the regular person who doesn't play Paper Popper, just giving, I, I would love to give give you guys a taste of how awesome it is to play him to Turok and Popper. <laughs> it is ridiculously fun and so broken. <laughs> yep. So, <clears throat> so I just did a sample pack uh, from your cube here, and I can tell you the card that I'm going to take regardless of what the other 14 cards yeah. are in the pack. Mole Drifter. Mole Drifter. Yeah. Done. <laughs> it's got like Grim Harvest and some other stuff. Grim Harvest would be like a consideration, yeah. but. No, Mole Drifter. Sorry. Yeah, Mole Drifter's just a Taking solid it. card. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of what we did on that. And uh, like I said, I'll let everyone know. I'll, wanna, I'll, I'll, put a, well, I'll let everyone know when I got the cube account up. Because I would really like to get in on the. Uh, get drafting with you guys out, uh, you listeners out there, and uh, do some drafting. I think it would be fun, especially give Chris here a chance to cube draft. I think you'll like it. Um, but yeah, so that's the changes we made. Um, there was some changes Chris mentioned, and I'm probably gonna put those into consideration just because they're some really good ideas. Uh, so the ch- but the, that's the thing with the cubes. Cubes always change. The for anyone to say they're done with their cube, it's impossible because there's always new cards coming out. So, but yeah, um, what do we got in the Madden game? Anyone, anyone else want to say anything about the cube before we move on? Yep. Nope. Once, twice, sold. Okay. Um, the meta game. Uh, we got a few decks on this uh, daily here. Uh, we got Classic Popper with uh, Classic Popper. We got E Hustle. He went three-one uh, with a Black Red Torture Existence deck. Um, pretty interesting deck. I uh, had a chance to look at it, and uh, I'm almost tempted to build it just to mess around with it because it looked like a lot of fun. Um, Sneak Attack Kid went three one with his mono black control deck. That's Belts. Um, he's uh, he's trying some different things out right now, so his list has been changing. I've, I've been paying attention to his lists, and he's 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 retrofitting and playing around with different cards right now. So his has been changing up. It has been changing a little bit every every single daily, almost every other daily he does. Um, and then we have Shaka Waka, who went 3-1 with a Goblins list. <laughs> um, just kind of pointed those guys out because they're known people. What do we got here, Chris? Well, this is yesterday's daily. And you see Sneak Attack Kid went 4-0. In yesterday's daily. With, uh, what, what list? Yeah. See what, how, what, what changed on his list? 
Was he running Kumbaya Witches no, before? No, he wasn't. Okay, this one has Kumbaya Witches. He's running Kumbaya Witches. Yeah, it looks like he got rid of... I can tell you right now, he got rid of Wrench Mine, thank God. Oh, well, it's board. still on the sideboard. I wonder how much... You, I might have to ask him how many times he brought that card in. It's. I purely don't like Wrench Mind. I don't think it's that good of a card. I'm not happy with it. Um... Two mana pseudo him to Torak? Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, but it's just the, just the other condition on there I don't like. I, I like the whole random thing. I think the big thing that makes him to Torak so ridiculously broken and awesome is the fact that it's random. Oh, yeah, I mean, him to Torak is clearly better than Wrench Mind, but Wrench Mind yeah. is a, serves a good replacement. He's also got Devour Flesh on the side. No wonder if that's just because he doesn't have any Diablo. I know why he's doing that. I've played, I've played his list enough to know that uh, you lose lots of life. And purely be and you lose lots of life, and unearth is a, unearth is a huge value in this deck. And uh, if you're down on life, um, being able to devour flesh your own creature, knowing that you have unearth in your hand at the same time, and also being able to play bring a chittering rats, a crypt rats, a Phyrexian rager, a ravenous rats back into play and gain a little bit of life to keep yourself alive a little bit longer to do some damage actually isn't that bad of a deal. It's kind of a dual-purpose yeah. card. You can get rid of your opponent's stuff, right. but you can get your stuff back, too. <clears throat> or you can you know, gain life and keep yourself alive to do something else. Yeah, I'll take your so, word for it. That's why I'm thinking he's running those, because that's the only reason why I can think of Because I would, cause I, at first, when I looked at his list, I was like, what? Where's the Diabolic Edicts? But, like I said, I've had problems with the deck where you just, depending on how your start goes, you just lose life really fast. And you got to catch up. Yeah. You have to catch up somehow. And Devour Flesh seems to fill that void quite well. It will do that for you. You can get run on their bit, their guys, or you can actually get yourself life so you can do something else. So. Yep. But that's, uh, it's, it's a fun list. I recommend if anyone wants to try Belt's list out, go for it. That that deck is fun to play. It 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 makes a lot of people not happy, though. <laughs> because it is, it, it's demotivating. <laughs> it's really, really demotivating when you lose to that deck. <laughs> or when you're getting, getting, suffering the consequences of what that deck does. It's just really oppressive. Um... And then uh, Popper Evolution posted a picture on Facebook, or Popper Evolution, um, and the quote on it was, who said Storm was dead? Um, this is post, this, yeah, this is post, uh, post, uh, post banning, uh, someone retrofitted the Storm deck to use, uh, Capsize. Yeah, Familiar Storm. Yeah, Familiar yep. Storm with Capsize, so... Be aware. Um, it's a little bit. It's obviously slower than the Storm deck, but it's still out there. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said before when Fissure was banned, Fissure and Cloudpost were banned, that the Familiar Storm was much easier to interact with than the Cloudpost yeah. Storm. So I, I think this deck doesn't have the same problems yeah. as you know, the Familiar Storm yeah. four. But being that we're not utilizing Storm, what do you call this deck? You, you, you can't call it Storm anymore. Um, the Asper Control. Asper Control, you know, or whatever, Asper Control Blank or something like that. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, look at the sideboard. The sideboard is like, it's all just control yeah. cards. This, <laughs> so. list, this list looks relatively cheaper to make, too. I mean... Uh, no, you still have Cloud of Fairies well, and Snaps. Yeah, Cloud of Fairies. I gotta get Snaps yet. I have the Cloud of Fairies. Um, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, and then you got Hydroblast and Arrows in the sideboard. Yeah. and Yeah, not really that cheap. No, it looks like a fun list to play, though. I mean, this one looks... I, I could probably get behind trying this one out. Um... But yeah, so that's there. And then, uh, uh, yeah, you got any other metagame stuff, Chris, that you met ran into doing the dailies? Being that you're pretty much <coughs> they a haven't had time for runner. <laughs> uh, Mono Blue Control is Sorry. just everywhere right now. Yeah, Mono Blue Control is yeah. everywhere in the daily okay, just... reports. So, yeah. like that was the bi- that was the deck that m- that I think profited the most from the bannings that just wasn't there before, and now it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've got the blue, the black, the black decks, and yeah. that, are, that have made the comeback. But blue, black, I think bottom blue controls what really just went from nothing to tier yeah. one. Um, but yeah, so yeah, mono blue, mono blue controls just really good in general. Doesn't matter if you're playing tempo or mo- the mono blue control deck; they're both good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of partial to the Delver deck. It's just a really, really fun deck to play, and it works really, really good. So. I mean, yeah. And when I say mono blue control, I'm referring to the um, to the list that are basically running Delvers and Spire Golems as their oh, win cons, okay. and that's it. No fairies. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, and they're trying to they're just out carding you with stuff like Think Twice and Una's Grace yeah. and stuff like that. So they out they out card advantage you and eventually just amass a critical mass of counter spells that you just can never get oh. through. Okay. So cool. you know, pull up here and. There's a list that I'll okay, share. Cool. Put it on the show notes. All right. Um, do you want to go over that list quick, or? Ah, no, it's fine. We'll just uh, don't want to okay. spend too much time on it. Um, but this leads into our brew of the month. Um, we decided last week that we're going to do Demir Control in the classic popper. We've done quite a few standard popper brews lately, and uh, yes, standard popper has rotated. There's new stuff. But uh, we figured we would give a month to uh, Classic Popper, being that uh, the the poet with the bannings, just because it's kind of open, and why not mess around with it for a while? Um, Do you got a deck list up yet, or are you still developing something, Chris? Uh, I'm still sort of working on it. I've got a a rough list, and this is just me toying with... uh, Because I really like the Ghoul Razor and Nameless Inversion (laughs) package. So... Uh, Yeah, I... Do you want to go over? To, do you want to go over yours or what you've done? I don't. Yeah, know yeah. But I don't. I don't want to finalize the list yet or say anything about it because I'm still working on it. But uh, do you want to say anything yeah. before I go talk? Yeah, just um, just the very rough list of what I've got is, um, like I basically kept the uh, blue black trinket control mana base, yeah. which you know, may or may not be right, but it's just four Demir Aqueducts, one Island, one Baron Moor, one Bazooka okay. Bog. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven swamps and four evolving wilds. Okay. Um, we have three disfigures, two tragic slips, one dead weight, three sign and bloods, four death verdicts, two grim harvest, four nameless inversion, three kumbai witches, three ghostly flickers, four chittering rats, four ghoul razors, three mnemonic walls, and three mole drifters. Okay. And for the sideboard, I have one Fume Spitter, 
two Relic of Progenitus, three Wrench Mines, three Devour Flesh, and those should be Diabolic Edicts. I just don't have Diabolic yeah. Edicts. Uh, one Kumbai Witches, three Crit Brats, and two Spinning Darkness. Okay. Uh, what have I done? Uh, my list, I, like I said, I don't have it really, I don't have actual list base yet because I'm still working on it, but uh, I had some interesting interactions. Uh, I took uh, your, I had Nameless Inversion, I, I, I added the Nameless Inversion thing with, uh, with Ghoul Razors, and uh, I had a black-blue, I went up against a black-blue deck where he had, uh, he, he could play a, uh, it was a black-blue control versus black, Demir control versus Demir control. We ended up in a situation that uh, he could sit and uh, play his uh, Grim Harvest and bring his, uh, bring back his his uh, Mole Drifters over and over again and draw cards. And I ended up with two Ghoul Rages on the board and one in my hand. And we just kind of battled back and forth with our constantly dying, and he would like he he'd do stuff to take out my ghoul, ghoul my my the ghoul razors, and I'd always hold the third one in my hand because I'd play the ghoul razor to search to get another ghoul razor back to my hand, which then in turn I'd play the next one to get the other one back in my hand, and I just we just kept repeating that cycle over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's what brings you your inevitability against other control decks is that you can just keep on recurring the ghoul razors. Yeah. And you know, you can do that better than they can do Grim Harvest every turn. Yeah. And then uh, the other interaction I ended up with where I had a guy rage quit was I had a ghoul razor on the board and it, it, the the game went the game was took forever cuz he kept I kept just get rid of his creatures and stuff. I I had a and he, it was a Delver blue deck. I, t- I faced a Delver blue deck, and the Delver player, he was not giving up. I actually faced Delver deck. He was not giving up. And he hit a point where he drew, like, five, what, he had one card, and it was later game, and he drew four cards. Well, he had to tap out to do that, so he I was free to do whatever I wanted during my turn. And on the board, at the start of the turn, I had a mnemonic, mnemonic wall on the board, I had a ghoul razor, and I had a uh, yeah, I had yeah, mnemonic wall and ghoul razor. I had those on the board, and I had uh, I also had um, the ghostly flicker in my hand, and I had the the nameless inversion one in my hand, and I had one in the graveyard. Well, we're just sitting there, and he is this Delver blue player. You could tell he was getting mad because he just kept creatures kept dying. But I couldn't deal damage fast enough to end the game, so he wasn't going to give up either. And he went through this thing where he was down to one card. He drew into he drew to get four cards back, so he had five cards in his hand. But all his mana was tapped out. So I proceed, and I had the mana to do this. It was just ridiculous. I don't know. Ch- Chittering Rats was on the board too. Forgot about that. Forgot to mention that Chittering. I had a crazy amount of mana, and I am actually doing what you guys aren't doing. That's the one thing I'm doing. I'm messing around with the uh, with the Ur- Urza lands right now, just for the hell of it. I want to see what comes of it. I'm ha- getting the engine online is really really easy. I'm not having a hard time doing it. But uh, he draws he draws four cards, gets his hand up to five. I proceed to play and get back ghostly flicker like four times, flickering during rats along with this. So he virtually did a whole bunch of spells to draw four cards, only to have all four of the cards he drew 
go right back to the top of his library because I, I just blinked children your ass four times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there, he. So for the for anybody who doesn't know, the whole point like of what I was toying with was. Uh, you ghostly flicker the chittering rats along with the mnemonic wall in their draw step. <clears throat> so unless they draw an instant or uh, unless they draw an instant, they're completely locked out of the yeah. game as soon as they have zero cards yeah. in their hand. <laughs> but I proceeded to do so, this yeah. to this kid, this guy, and uh, there was no, and I was to his credit, there was no, you know, really or f you or or no typing at all. It was just. Click, 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 do this, and then I hit end turn, and there was no response. I'm like, what the heck? And I sat there for a while, what the heck? And I go to look at the chat thing, he completely exited out of his program without conceding. <coughs> yeah, people do that to me all the <laughs> he time. He just exited out, and I'm like, well, and I thought really hard, and I was at work, so I had nothing better to do. This was a situation where I'm at work, I have nothing better to do when I was playing I play it, did this, pulled this off. So I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to give him the benefit of doubt and concede. I'm going to stay in it. I'll wait the 10 minutes. I'm sitting at work. I have nothing better to do. So I left it open and then went to go search the web on the internet, waiting for whatever to happen. And uh, this guy, and obviously being that he disconnected from the game, when he logged back in, the game was still active for him. And <laughs> so I'm watching it when he logs back on. As soon as he logged back on, I'm like... I type back to him like, hi. hi, I'm like, hi, you're back, it's your turn. <laughs> and then he can see nice. it. <laughs> it was really, really funny. But, uh, yeah, it was, just, it, it was an interesting interaction I had. But all in all, I've been using the Urza lands, and I'm not having a hard time playing them. Uh, it, I've been able to get the whole engine online by by turn turn four at earliest turn three just really decent good luck getting at least two of them in my hand at the start of the game that's that's not unheard so, of though i mean it's i mean it's again we're dealing with a real clunky build like you i mean you even said yours is a little clunky but uh it's a real clunky build but it's it's something i'm still testing out i I mean, I, I, I know the Urza lands probably aren't the best choice, but I'm just kind of playing around with stuff. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. going to go the and start going to the aqueducts and all that next, but uh, I figured I'd try this out first just to, just to see what happens, if nothing else. But the, the mana count that I'm getting off of it and being able to play stuff is absolutely ridiculous. Lands probably aren't the best option, but I'm willing to try them out and to see what happens. I think I'm going to try out the aqueducts and all them next, the Demir aqueducts and stuff. But I, I figured I'd at least give the Urzalans a bit of a chance to try that out. So. Yep. But so far it's been pretty good because I've been finding if I can get, once I get the engine online, if I get prophetic prisms in play, I can actually tap to make a colorless mana and utilize the prophetic prisms to fix whatever land I need to to play stuff. To do stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of cool because I've... I've I've actually gotten myself where I was playing all my stuff up but needed more cards. As long as I can get a mnemonic wall to stick and have a prophetic prism and play with the engine online, I can still flick. I can play Ghostly Flicker and do the mnemonic wall and the prophetic prism and still get to draw cards. Use that as a draw engine. Yeah. So it's been pretty interesting in my, my testing so far. Um, yeah. But, 
So basically what I want to accomplish with this list is it doesn't I don't want Trinket, right? Trinket's obviously yeah. an established deck. There's been a million things talked mm-hmm. about with Trinket. And I don't really want Teachings either, yeah. right? Because teaching, Teachings is another one of those types yeah. of decks that's been talked about a million mm-hmm. times. And uh, But really really what I want to do is make a shell where we can flicker rats, lock people out of the game. Because other control decks are you know, just trying to outvalue the other control deck with Moldrifter after Moldrifter, yeah. Grim Harvest, and whatever. It just makes for ridiculously long yeah. games. What I want to get to is, uh, you know, when I start flickering, chitting rats in your draw step, you're done. You quit because you can't actually outcard me from then yeah, on. Yeah, because you're just shoving everything back into their hand anyway. Yep. Yeah. So eventually I'll get enough value out of my stuff to kill all their stuff. Yeah. And they can't do anything after that. Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It's actually a pretty good theory. Um, but, yeah, like, like, in my in my brewing so far for this month with the Demir Control deck, I've been actually messing around with a bunch of different things. Like, trying this, okay, how does that work? Now I'm going to try this, how does this work? Hoping to come down to just kind of put a few shotgun blasts into the air and see what sticks. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. the way I brew. <laughs> Let's just put all this out here and see what sticks and what doesn't. If it sticks, we'll, we'll keep it, and if it doesn't stick, we'll get rid of it. <laughs> the yeah. one I've been having a hard time getting <clears throat> getting to work, though, is uh, the actual nameless inversion and... Uh, and uh, um, Ghoul Razor. That one's kind of tricky for me. Uh, it's just it's pretty simple. I mean, you just play that you Nameless Inversion, kill whatever thing they got, and then play the Ghoul Razor the next turn and get your Nameless Inversion back. You didn't actually lose any cards that way. Well, yeah. But just every time <laughs> I've done it, every time I've done it, every time I've had the opportunity to do it or gotten close, I've always been missing a swamp or some damn thing or whatever. But uh, yeah. still working on it. That's why we take all month to do these. It gives us a month of uh, of failing a lot till we come up with something that works. Um, yeah, I mean we don't we don't have to do like the Ghoul Razor Nameless Inversion yeah. package. I just I really like that package. I like it too. I think it's really it's a, it's a you know, and I think it works really well with the Ghostly Flickers too. Yeah. But yeah, Shane, if you want to get in on the fun, you can join us on this. Okay. You can start brewing up something. Try it out. Um, just, uh, send your list my way, send your list my way every week or wherever, once you've, you've made a breakthrough or whatever, and just report on it, and I'll, uh, get it on the show. Um. Demir, combo. But, uh, but yeah, so, kind of with that, um, like I said, uh, is there anything else you want to say about the Brew of the Month, Chris, or just leave it at that? Yeah, I'll leave it at that, and we'll go from yeah. there. Um, here's the web, like I said, we're not going to have one this week, we're just going to let, uh, wait for Grant, because it was really, really funny when, it was really pretty good when Grant talked about it, he made a good argument last week about it, so, we'll leave that for for him, and, uh, we really don't have any comments and feedback, Uh, the community's been pretty quiet, everyone's just been kind of seeing it, I think a lot of people are, even with Theros out already, are still kind of sitting on the fence waiting for something to come. Yep. So, Skype messed up again. You didn't hear a word I said? No, no, no. Oh. That was like that was like 10 minutes ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, so there's really no comments. We'll just kind of wait, wait on that a little bit and all that. So, basically, all right. that's about all I got. Uh, you got anything, Chris? No, nope, I'm good. Shane, anything? 
Yeah, I'm good. Okay. So, Chris, how can they reach you? Uh, you can talk, contact me on Twitter at Seaweaver8518 or on MTGO at Seaweaver. How can, get a, how, can they, how can people contact you, Shane? Well, if you're lucky, you might be able to find me on Magic Online from time to time with Lazy Eldrazi. Lazy Eldrazi? You stupid Eldrazi. <laughs> Lazy Eldrazi? Yeah, he has a... Yeah, I know why he names the name of the name of the that. I like Eldrazi. Yeah, he does like Eldrazi. He has a popper deck that always goes off when he plays me. It doesn't go off on anybody else but me. <laughs> Uh, you're gonna have to edit that out. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm doing the <laughs> editing, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you can always catch me on Twitter at Nathan Yunkin. You can catch me on Facebook, uh, and UConn on 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 MTGO. Um, or uh, just email Popper to the people, and that's where we're at. Um, the forums, although I haven't really, I've been pretty busy, so I haven't had a chance to be on there that much as much as I should. Uh, but yeah, so I guess uh, that's a show. Um, until next week, uh, we'll uh, talk to y'all later. And out. <laughs>